Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We bless you because you are ever faithful. Thank you, Jesus. You are hope. You are righteous. You are Lord. You are care. Thank you, Lord. Thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, we appear before you. We ask to God that you further enrich us. And in all you send help. Yes. Thank you, Lord, because we know you are faithful. Thank you so much, Ma, for your exhortation and prayers. Thank you, sir. God bless you, Ma. Amen. Thank you, sir. Please turn with me your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 9. I beg your pardon. Luke chapter 9. Read from verse 1 to 2. Luke chapter 9. Read from verse 1 to 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We thank God because of what we have already heard. The fact that the almighty God satisfies his people. And what does it satisfy his people with? He satisfies his people with what they need for life and for godliness. We must also, however, understand that he does this so that they can fulfill purpose. And where we refuse to fulfill purpose, instead of further enjoying the blessings of God, God now deal with us so that we will not be destroyed. Because in everything God does, if he calls you, he endows you. When he endows you, expect you to use that endowment for a purpose. And where you refuse to fulfill the purpose, you are like someone who has wasted resources. And because of your disobedience and wastage of resources, God now deals with you. That's why our sister was talking about the wrath of God. I pray once again that we will not be partakers of his wrath, but rather Amen. partakers of his reward. Amen. 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 There are a few things we will take out from these two verses. Number one, he calls. And when God calls, he calls to honor. 
His intention is not to disgrace anyone or to destroy anyone. That's not in his agenda. His agenda is not to still kill and destroy like that of the devil. But he wants to give you life so that through your life, others also can receive life. He wants to give you light, that through your light, others can also enjoy light. He is a generous God, willing that no one should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. So no matter the calling you find yourself in life, he calls, he equips, and he sends out. One thing that God does is to satisfy us by equipping us. He satisfies us by what? By equipping us. God is not a wicked God. He does not demand from you what he has not equipped you for. So when God, for example, was sending Moses to Pharaoh, he had already equipped Moses before he demanded from Moses go to Pharaoh. If God is asking you to do anything, know that he has already equipped you for it. It's not that he's thinking of equipping you. He calls first and then equip his people. He said he gave them power. Power is the ability to do something. So if you are called to raise up children, you are already equipped to raise up those children. If you are called to be a pastor, God has already equipped you with all you need to pastor the kind of people he will bring to you. So where you have difficult people in the church, God has already equipped you to be able to handle those difficult people. But sometimes we'll be thinking, ah, what will I do? Sometimes we even want the difficult people to leave church. But God has already equipped you to take care of those difficult people. All you need to do is to wait on him and tap from the strength, the reservoir he has made available to you. That's why the scripture says we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellency of his power, the power may be that of God. So I don't know the area of calling that God has called you. I don't know what God has called you to do. But it may be looking overwhelming. It may be looking difficult. Because you forget that he who called you has already equipped you. You forget that he who called you is going to back you up. So God has sent me to somebody this morning whose assignment seemed to be overwhelming. Whose paths of destiny seemed 
say when a child is born, did he come to the world? Did the child come to the world with everything the child needed in terms of physical needs, in terms of the physiology of the child? I said yes, sir. Because as a child comes into the world, everything that child would need is already in that child. You don't have to say, ah, you know, you God forgot the hands. No. You don't say, oh, God forgot the leg. Everything that child needs to operate here or not, God has already released at birth. So when you were born again, everything you will need for every challenge that you will face in life, God has already put inside of you. And the greatest of need is the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, look here, friends, as soon as I leave, I will send you another comforter. But tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with the power. And there are three things I want to talk about this morning about the power of the Holy Ghost. Number one is that the power is given for us. The power is given for us. The power is given to nurture us. The power is given to strengthen us. The power is given to help us. The power is given to uh, comfort us. The power is given to minister to us. So if you are a child of God, you are called of God and further equipped by God with the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is given for you first. That's why the Bible says, take heed unto thyself. So no matter the need you will have or the need you currently have, the provision for those needs is in the power that resides in you, in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why very often you meet or confront challenges that looks overwhelming. You tap into the power of the Holy Spirit for help, for assistance, for guidance, for progress. Unfortunately, most of us, we don't tap into that great help. We don't call on that great helper to help us. Rather, we will be looking at what we have We'll be looking at what is available in terms of what we can see or what 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 our hands can touch. We don't rely on the Holy Spirit. Let me use this physical analogy to explain spiritual thing. For instance, I have a thousand dollars, and there is a need. 
that $500 can cover. The natural man will say, oh, you have $8,000, so take $500 from it and go and address that issue. But that is not the case with the spiritual man. The spiritual man is expected to look inwards and say, Holy Spirit, how do we solve this problem? What is the provision that has been made to solve this problem? If the Holy Spirit says, that 1,000 you have, use 500 out of it to solve that problem, it's okay. But the funny thing is that the father may have, may have a different means of solving that particular problem. He may say, wait, I'm going to send you, hold on to that 1,000. I'm going to send you $500 with which you will solve that problem. Or he may say, wait, I have already solved it. And you just realize that instead of you paying $500 for that thing, the person you are supposed to pay $500 to just come to you and say, look, I'm giving you this thing free. You don't have to pay for it. If we don't begin to live our life in this manner, we will never enter into our rest. That rest that Jesus promised, when he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Our, that is why our heart is so cumbered and troubled about many things. Things that God has already sorted out. All we need to do is to ask the Holy Spirit, what shall we do concerning this matter? Take the case of Jesus. Sometimes you will hear, he will ask the disciple, well, how can we solve this problem? And the Bible will record that, look, he already know what to do as to solve the problem. Why? Because he always tapped into his inner strength, the Holy Spirit, to help him. And each time, the Holy Spirit gives him solution. That's why the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will walk, he will direct your path. So the reason why we are always troubled and worried and anxious is because we don't know how to tap into that inner strength. That helper. We don't know how to call on him. We are not intimate enough with him to understand that he's there to help us concerning all matters. The Bible says he will guide us into all truth, not some truth, not a few truth, but all truth. May we receive grace this morning and understanding to begin to tap into what God has provided in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number two thing that the Holy Spirit does is that it helps us to be productive. 
There's no way we can bear fruit without the help of the Holy Spirit. He said, for without me, you can do nothing. God wants us to be productive. So he has equipped us with what is needed for us to be productive. He wants us to bear fruit. And he wants our fruit to abide. And he knows that leaning on our own understanding cannot help us to get it done. God wants results. He rejoices as results. Are you a student? You can only get excellent results with his help. And he's willing to help you. And he has already gifted you as to how or what to do to get the needed results. Are you an engineer? He wants you to get results. He wants you to shine as light in that profession so that men will see the light of God in you and through you and bow to your God. The Bible says several people will hold the skirt of a Jew and say, we want to know your God. Take us to your God. May the light of God so shine in us and through us that men will hold on to us and say, hey, we want to know your God also in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number three things that the Holy Spirit helps us to do is to silence our enemies. Because as you get better, enemies will arise, forces will arise to want to contend with you and to want to draw you back or to want to stop the work of God in your life. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us to contend with all these enemies and to frustrate their intentions. He gave them power. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. To tread upon serpent and scorpion and over all the works of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. That's one dimension of Christianity that some of us have not yet tapped into. And that's why we are full of fear. When you meet believers today, a lot are full of fear. And it ought not to be. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I speak against every trace or any trace of fear in our lives. Be uprooted and cast out in Jesus' name. Amen. Because thus, fear is a spirit. And we must consistently resist it. God has empowered us as to how to contend with forces of hell. We must learn to seek the help of the helper. The Bible says, for we know not how to pray. Neither do we know what to pray about. But the spirit of God inside of us help our infirmities to pray with groanings. The unfortunate thing is that we just begin to pray, we just begin to pray without even asking the Holy Spirit, how do I pray? What should I pray for? 
coming to that dimension of asking again. There are certain times that we think that, oh, it's one prayer point that we solve the issue. The Holy Spirit may say, look, forget about this prayer. Pray about this. Talk to your father about this. And the reason why you may be saying forget about this prayer, that which you think is urgent, may not necessarily be urgent. And sometimes the things we consider as enemy may not necessarily be enemy. It may be God that is bringing that situation along to us, maybe to wake us up or to teach us some lessons. And God is saying, leave this issue, go in this direction. Sometimes we want to take steps in life. We begin to go in the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit said, no, don't go that way. This is the way to go. There is a prayer we must learn to pray these days, especially in these difficult days, in these days that are considered perilous days. is a prayer of inquiries. We must learn to submit to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what is in the mind of God for now? Holy Spirit, what should I do for now? Holy Spirit, which direction are you leading us for now? Holy Spirit, what should we talk about for now? Holy Spirit, what should be the discourse in church for now? Holy Spirit, what should I preach? Holy Spirit, where should I go? Holy Spirit, show me the solution as again against putting the cart before the horse. When we learn to do this, then we have arrived to the position of sonship because the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Friends, God has called you not to disgrace you, but to equip you so that you can excel. The Bible says he called the 12 disciples and empowered them with power and authority over devils because he knew he was going to send them to confront these devils. So he gave them the solution as to how to handle the devils. Whatever God has given to you as an assignment, friends, he has also equipped you. Just ask. Where is the equipment? Where and how do I use this equipment? And God, the Holy Spirit, will direct you, will instruct you, will help you, will, will enable you in the name of Jesus. Stop being worried. Stop being fearful. He said, cast your cares upon him because he cares. God is not a wicked God. Before he makes that demand or before he asks you to do something, he has already made the provision available. Let me use money to give a final illustration. God is not asking unbelievers to bring their tithes and offering. He's not asking them at all because they don't belong to him. But he's asking his people to bring tithes and offering. And what is offering? If you don't have offering, no problem. What is tithes? Yeah. 
Tithe is a tenth of what God has already given you. So God will not ask you for what he has not given you. So if God is placing a demand on you, it's not a wicked God. It is because he has given you, he has enabled you, he has empowered you, he has gifted you to be able to do or to bring or to go in the direction he wants you to go. I want us to lift up our voice this morning. First of all, to appreciate God for having called us to honor, not to dishonor. For having called us to glory, not to shame. Let's lift up the name of Jehovah and appreciate him for the good calling he has called us. He said, for I know the thought that I think towards you, the thought of good and not of evil, to lead you to an expected end. Whatever I Thank you, It's all works. It's all works. 
We are in the dispensation of grace. But what does grace enable you to do? Grace teaches you. Grace empowers you to live holy. So it, indeed we are in the period of grace. So it is the time to truly manifest the likeness of God, the holiness of God. We are even in a better privilege because strength has come into us through grace to live holy. So we are going to ask God for mercy. In any way, I've disappointed you. Father, for complaining, generation did not enter into the promised land. Why? Because they were always complaining and murmuring. The God who said, look, I am taking you to a land going with milk and honey. They refused to trust me. When they confronted problems and challenges, what were they wrong to me? They are supposed to go to him and say, God, you say you will take us to the promised land. We have this challenge. Please solve it for us. We have that challenge. Please solve it for us. Oh, this thing is confronting us. How do we go about it? Instead of making prayers of inquiry, they were complaining. They were seeing impossibilities. We are going to pray this morning. Say, Father... Teach me to ask you questions. Teach me to make inquiries. Teach me to seek direction. To seek your feet. Teach me, oh God. Not to lean on my own understanding. My understanding is to complain. My understanding is to complain. 